Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. What words come to mind when you hear the word meditation? Maybe you think of words like mindfulness or new age. The idea of meditating may cause you to feel some skepticism. But did you know that scripture commands us to meditate? Biblical meditation is not like the world's practice of meditation. It is having a singular focus, but the focus is on God, not self. It is filling our minds with God's Word by studying it with heart and mind. It is an incredibly important spiritual discipline that is so enriching. Come join our conversation to dig deeper. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Daily Grace, new week, new podcast, as (laughs) usual. Um, We're excited to have you all listening in today, and we are going to be talking about something really interesting, and that is meditation, Um, Mm -hmm. but not just meditation in general. Specifically, we're going to talk about scripture meditation. Um, But before we jump into this topic, Stephanie, do you have a favorite thing to share with us? I do. So this has been a favorite thing for um, the past few months, but I never mentioned it on here, so I thought I would today. And that is for the past couple of months, my kids and I have been singing a hymn every weekday morning together. Oh, yeah. And it's so fun. Been this beautiful thing of introducing them to like classic hymns. And we actually do it um, with this community on Instagram. And I am going to link their Instagram handle in our show notes. But it's called Is it Happy Hymnity? Yes, it's Happy (laughs) Hymnity. That's okay. And she basically, April, who kind of runs this thing, picks a hymn of the month and she provides yeah. all of these beautiful PDFs for free. Like there's copy work. It's like that sheet music. And mm-hmm. and and she even gives us a YouTube video where she leads us in the hymn. So we've been doing it every morning. And it's so sweet to see my four-year-old and my six-year-old just learn these hymns. And yeah, it's a good way to start our days. So That has been a favorite that I thought I would share on here. (laughs) I love that. You know, I found Happy Hymnity a while back. That's why I interrupted you because I heard you talking. I was like, oh, I think I know what she's talking about. It's really fun whenever they do the live sing-alongs on Instagram. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, they they do like a live like hymn sing and you can tune in and sing with them. (laughs) That's awesome. It's, it's, It's really cool. So yeah, definitely we'll link them up. But yeah, do you have a favorite thing this week? You know, I think that mine would probably be a follow-up from what I said a couple of weeks ago. I was talking about taking my daughter to her open house at school. Yeah. And so she has had her first week and a half now of school. Uh-huh. And my favorite thing has been picking her up every day and the entire way out to the car, she's just talking about everything that she did. And Aww. she's 
two, like pretty newly two. So she's just going Miss Kim and Slide and Piggy. She brings her little <laughs> Piggy to school and she'll tell me in kind of like broken sentences what she did that day. But uh-huh. she's just so excited. And it's so fun to see that she is making friends and having such a good time. So that's been like a little joy that I get um, each day when I pick her up. That's so sweet. And it eases your mama anxiety of letting her out into the world. (laughs) Yes, exactly. She's been doing great. She's little Miss Independent. That's so fun. Well, as Joanna said, we are going to be talking about scripture meditation today. And, you know, you may hear the word meditation and kind of immediately have a knee-jerk reaction, right? I know, like, the first words that kind of come to my mind when I think about the word meditation are like chants, um, yoga, not saying it's good or bad, um, maybe the new age movement. So those are kind of the words and phrases that come to my mind with that word. And, you know, I think a lot of us would agree that the Bible is not the first thing we think about when we hear that word Mm -hmm. meditation, right? Right. You know, I think there are reasons for this because meditation is really popular right now in a way that's completely separated from God's word. It's rarely even associated with Christianity as a whole today. And instead, it's become this sort of popularized practice that is offered to solve some problems that we may have. And I'm not too fluent on all of this, but I did a brief Google search and I found various like guided meditations for like anxiety, sleep, suffering, um, discontentment and all of these different things. And like I said, I'm not too knowledgeable about that kind of meditation. However, I do know that there is a biblical understanding of meditation that is distinct And actually, God commands us in Scripture to meditate, and he shows us Mm -hmm. in and through past saints that it's just something that believers should do. But again, it's distinct. It's not like what I was just describing um, that I Googled and searched and found. Um, But biblical meditation is what we kind of wanted to talk about today. Yeah, and that's funny that you had those images pop into your head when you think of meditation. For me, I think when I hear meditation, I kind of think about mindfulness. I think about a lot of these apps that are super popular right now that will help you do like a meditation each day Hmm. and um, continue like a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not going to get into whether or not things like that are beneficial, whether they're good to practice or not, whether you should do them. That would be a whole separate conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really not our goal. Um, It's not our goal to talk about that in that sense today. What we do want to do, though, is discuss something that we do know that the Bible does tell us to do, um, and that is biblical scripture meditation. So biblical meditation um, does look different than a lot of popular meditation practices today. Mm -hmm. Um, So just for a little bit of background, I did a little bit of history research, um, that most popular meditation practices today do find their origins in Eastern religious traditions like Buddhism or Hinduism. Mm -hmm. Um, They might not have the same goal, might not have the same methodology, but there are a lot of similarities between the two um, Mm -hmm. and kind of the thinking behind them. Mm -hmm. So most meditation, whether you're talking religious meditation, mindfulness meditation, um, most of it begins by focusing the mind in on one thing. 
mm-hmm. might be a repeated single syllable mantra, mm-hmm. or it could be an object or a sound. And the idea is to empty the mind of all else. Mm-hmm. Um, and religious leaders advise those practicing meditation to cease self-criticism and self-improvement or to stop thinking about the past and future and focus solely on the present moment. And again, the goals and philosophies of meditation are wide ranging. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to make sweeping generalizations. I'm just trying to give some different types of meditation Mm -hmm. that we see out there. So some of the many goals of meditation can be to remove suffering, to enter a place of non-thinking, or even to achieve this enlightened and omniscient state of nirvana. And that is where the enlightened one ceases the karmic cycle of reincarnation. And that's a more religious heavy side of meditation. Mm. And so the Western adapted version of Eastern meditation doesn't really always have those goals of religious enlightenment or oneness with some ultimate reality, although it can. Um, But it does tend to take its cue from the methodology Mm -hmm. behind these practices. So pop through meditation tends to focus the mind on one thing, usually something like breathing um, or a mantra or affirmation for the day maybe an object in hopes of letting go of all the competing thoughts and feelings and anxieties that enter our brain. Yeah, scripture actually gives us a totally different picture of meditation. And, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is Psalm 1. It's actually one of my favorite psalms. And it starts off with verses 1 and 2 that I wanted to read here. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Mm. And I love this picture because we see here how our delight in God's word leads us to meditation, right? And Mm -hmm. that's like almost anything else we delight in, right? Our thoughts are often consumed by the object of our delight. Yeah, It's kind of the nature of delight. (laughs) And so Mm. I think of scripture meditation kind of being that lingering delight. And, Mm. you know, Donald Whitney here is the person that I kind of go to. He wrote an excellent book called Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. And he wrote actually extensively on scripture meditation, I would say. Mm -hmm. And in that book, he says this. Um, He says, hearing and reading the Bible is the exposure to scripture. That's needful, but it's only the starting place. After the exposure to scripture, we need to absorb it. Meditation is the absorption of scripture. And it's Mm. the absorption of scripture that leads to the experience with God and the transformation of life we long for when we come to the Bible. And he also defines meditation, that word meditation, in this way. He says meditation is deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in scripture or upon life from a scriptural perspective for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. So Mm. basically, deeply thinking on spiritual truths or marinating in in it long enough to absorb its fullness is Mm. scripture meditation, right? And, you know, that is why this is such an important topic. You know, I'm speaking personally here. I often kind of fall into the belief that exposure is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, read more books, listen to more sermons and podcasts, go to all the conferences, stick to your Mm -hmm. daily Bible reading plan. Um, Yeah. Those are all good things. And, you know, we want to do those things. It's a privilege to be able to have that 
wide exposure. But the truth is we miss out on the depth and power of God's word when we become too busy skimming over that day's scripture reading or being really passive recipients of this information overload and not taking the time to meditate on the scripture we're ingesting. Mm -hmm. So don't get me wrong. There are benefits to exposure to scripture that I'm so grateful for, but we miss out on the fuller effect or the greater fruit of sanctification that could result from our encounter with God's word. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I do the same thing where I kind of can get into this mindset of, well, I just have to keep on my plan or I just need to read this. I need to kind of like get it done and check it off. And and sometimes I'll move too quickly to actually Mm -hmm. even be able to think about ponder, you know, marinate it. And like you said, the truth that's there. So, yeah. So I think that from what you said and from that scripture passage from Psalm 1, one thing that we can see about scripture meditation that's maybe different from other types of meditation is that the method is different. So biblical meditation is not emptying the mind, but it's filling it with the truth of God's word. And so the method of meditation isn't to cease from thinking, but it's actually to ponder the glorious truths of God that he's revealed to us in scripture. It's Mm -hmm. to think deeply on those truths. And, you know, Eastern meditation tends to be inward focused, Mm -hmm. right? Look into ourselves. But biblical meditation is God focused. We are meditating on who he is, what he's done and what he calls us to And um, I think that this is different even from popular contemporary Western meditation because the object of our focus is different, right? Even if we're thinking, you know, uh, if we're doing some kind of contemporary Western meditation, we might focus on our breathing, which is kind of a morally neutral thing, right? But with biblical scripture meditation, we are focusing on this holy moral good of God. Yeah, even the Bible says that to meditate on something is to have like the singular focus, right? But like you said, it's the Mm -hmm. object of that focus that, you know, differentiates biblical meditation. Yeah, and so they have these similarities. There are definitely similarities of focusing on one thing. Yeah, It's kind of interesting that, you know, we all do this. It's like we can see that we're made to do this, that we're designed to need this. Right. And that's why this is an important topic, because like you said, we were designed to, you know, engage our minds in this way. It's a blessing, mm-hmm. honestly, from the Lord um, for his yeah. image bearers. Right. But they are complete opposites in other ways. <laughs> and I think you did a great job of giving us that um, comparison. And so when believers meditate, They are thinking deeply on gospel truths, right? And these Mm -hmm. truths are about who God is, what he has done, um, the way he works, all of those things. Everything is in relation to him. And, you know, that includes his creation, right? And that includes us because we are his creation. But the important distinction there is, is that it doesn't begin with us. But that's not what the world says, right? Um, mm. There is this really popular Buddhist nun and teacher. Her name is Pema Chodron, and she describes the process of meditation in this way. She says it's trusting the basic goodness of what we have and who we are and of realizing that any wisdom that exists exists in what we already have. Mm. And so I feel like the finality of man is just kind of evident to believers Mm. and unbelievers alike, right? We know we're kind of limited. 
And so I just found it really interesting that many people would say that everything we need is found within our finite selves. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as believers, we have a different response to our limitedness, right? Um, We Mm -hmm. confess that we are limited and we know that everything we need is not in ourselves, but it's only found in the word of God. So that contrast was really interesting to me and how as believers, we know our sinful nature and our need for redemption and for a savior. And we know our need of goodness. And we know that it only comes from outside of ourselves, not inside. And, you know, all of this is by God's grace, right? That we fall on the person and work of Christ and we trust in his goodness and his righteousness and that Mm -hmm. he um, allows us to know um, our need for him. It's it's just not inward focus. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That quote is so interesting to me because I think back to like our episode on our identity in Christ. And that quote is like the opposite of what we said. Right. So Mm -hmm. this quote is saying, look inside yourself. Any goodness, any wisdom you have is inside of yourself. And we're saying it's all in Christ. And that's who we need to be looking to. We need Mm -hmm. to be looking to God. We need to be looking to the one who is our righteousness. It's not in ourselves. And so, you know, that is why we look to scripture as we meditate. Um, And, you know, one of the big goals of biblical meditation is application of God's word. Mm -hmm. So I was reading from the book of Joshua. This is in chapter one. Mm -hmm. And God makes a promise to Joshua that he's going to lead the Israelites into the promised land. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when he does that, he actually commands him to meditate on scripture. So listen to this. This is Joshua one verses seven through nine. He says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but here it is, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So those, I think, are really familiar verses for a lot of us. Yeah. But did you hear what it said about meditation? It said, meditate on the word of God, right? It says, you shall meditate on the law day and night. And then it has a purpose. And the purpose is so that you can do all that's written in it. Yeah. So God is telling him to follow the law, to do what God has commanded them, to be strong and courageous. And the method that they do that is meditating on the word. And so this purpose that we have in meditation is to actually put action behind God's word. And I think this is a step that we skip. We just think, yeah, I can do it. I can just do it on my own. But I think this is really crucial, a really crucial step that maybe a lot of us are missing. Yeah, I was just kind of cracking up because how many times have we completely passed over verse eight and just like recite verse nine of be strong and courageous, right? (laughs) Like we completely (laughs) forget the preceding verse where God commands us or commands Joshua to meditate on the book of the law to do according to all that is written. And that is so funny to me. But kind of sad, too. Um, But I really do love verse 8 because it shows us 
the very important truth regarding our Christian life. And that really is the connection between God's word and our obedience, like you said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Donald Whitney in that book that I mentioned earlier describes meditation as like the bridge between hearing the word of God and doing Mm. the word of God. Yeah. And I think of James 1.22 that says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And, and the why is kind of given a few verses down in verse 15. And it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And this blessing is actually the same as the prosperity mentioned in the Joshua passage. Um, So interesting. And this is not to say that our obedience to God's law will automatically guarantee like health and wealth. But that is not what we're saying, right? Our obedience to God's word means we are pursuing Christ's likeness. Um, Mm -hmm. We're trying to align our our lives according to scripture. And, you know, by his grace, we are being made righteous by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And Mm -hmm. sure, this could mean material blessings, but it is not in support of the prosperity gospel. And I just thought that it was important to be clear there, right? Just connecting obedience and prosperity and blessing. But either way, it's hard. It's so easy to hear God's word and not do it. It's easy to um, maybe even get really excited about God's word in that moment and then not be changed by it in the long run. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times it's because we fail to meditate on scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there just is that gap that can just feel so hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. And I think for most of us, we probably haven't even considered that this is kind of that bridge that links those two together. And, you know, I think another thing that tends to happen if we neglect scripture meditation, that we can get really discouraged because we read scripture and it doesn't captivate us. Mm -hmm. Honestly, we get bored. Um, And, you know, there is a sense, and we've talked about this before, there's a sense in which it's okay to not always get something out of what you're reading, right? right? It's okay to not always feel captivated. We talk a lot about how a lot of our Bible study time is storing up God's word for a time when we need it, or Mm -hmm. it is reading something, learning something that might seem really boring, but it's going to bring fuller meaning and light to something else we learn later down the line. Yeah, um, And that's good. It's good to store up those things and to yeah. not have to come away from our Bible study every day feeling this emotional high. Right. Um, but I think we also need to be careful to not let that be an excuse to go unchanged or to read scripture with our minds only, but never Mm -hmm. our hearts. Mm -hmm. I think that we run the risk of one extreme or the other, of reading scripture only with our minds and letting it become cold and leaving it after we've just intellectually understood it Mm -hmm. or we can run the risk of just going to it for emotion and missing the knowledge to actually build meditation on, right? We can't meditate on something if we don't have the knowledge to meditate on. Um, So I think that there's this balance that we have to strike and we probably tend to each fall into one camp or the other, depending on where you're coming from. And I have fallen into different camps at different points in my life. Yeah. Um, 
But there's this quote from Thomas Watson that I love. He says, the reason we come away so cold from reading the word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fires of meditation. Mm, I love that. And you know, I think this is one of the most common struggles that I hear from people wanting to study God's word. They say, there's no joy in it. Mm -hmm. I've lost my passion. I'm just not feeling it. And that does make it hard to stay motivated. Um, There's definitely an element of that where we have to press on. We have to just keep disciplined until it turns into delight. I've heard you talk about that a lot, Stephanie, from discipline to delight. But I think that the spiritual discipline of meditation is a huge part of that and maybe something that we're missing. And Mm -hmm. I know that I personally, even in preparing for this episode, have felt personally convicted (laughs) about this that I tend to fall into the exposure knowledge study with my mind camp and miss out on actually reading God's word with my heart and loving God Mm -hmm. with my heart Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I identify with this so much and you know even when I am being exposed to God's word a lot like church podcast sermon outlines you know even reading such good books And even studying personally um, God's word, if I'm not slowing down to meditate on it, like I can feel disconnected and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can move on without wonder simply because I'm not lingering or I don't pause long enough to realize that God's word actually does apply to my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I right there with you when I was like preparing for this, it was just like, A refreshing conviction. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I ran across this quote by Maurice Roberts that was super convicting, but so good. And I wanted to share it here. It said, our age has been sadly deficient in what may be termed spiritual greatness. At the Mm -hmm. root of this is the modern disease of shallowness. We are all too impatient to meditate on the faith we profess It is not the busy skimming over religious books or the careless hastening through religious duties, which makes for a strong Christian faith. Rather, it is unhurried meditation on gospel truths Mm. and the exposing of our minds to these truths that yields the fruit of sanctified character. Mm. And so again, I confess that I often live my life a bit too hurried. Um, I don't stand by the fire long enough, like you're talking about, to get warm and When I really think about it, I'm like, okay, it's kind of silly of me to think that I can get warm by standing next to the fire for like a couple of minutes a day, you know, get moving with my life. But, you know, as you're talking, I even think with our job, we have the blessing of studying God's word. um, And that's part of our job. And we get to immerse ourselves in a lot of Mm -hmm. um, information about God and his word and, you know. I have to say there have been times that I have to be like, okay, I need to like slow my roll here and yeah. <laughs> meditate on what I'm actually reading in his word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you don't have a Christian job, um, yeah. I think this applies to most of us because we live in this day and age of technology. Yeah. We really need to be proactive about slowing down and even filtering and moderating our information intake. And I think of 2 Corinthians 10.5 that calls us to take every thought captive to obey Christ, right? We've talked about that verse before. And it just reminds me that our minds, which we said is God's 
blessing to us, his image bearers, um, our minds are thinking about something for a good chunk of our days, right? So we Mm -hmm. have to proactively redirect our thoughts to think and ponder and meditate on the truth of God's word. And it takes intentionality and discipline. Mm. And, and you know, it might even start by creating boundaries to turn down the noise and and maybe push pause on our phones to, you know, kind of stop the information avalanche mm. and just start to redirect our minds. Yeah, that is so true. I think that our social media driven culture has honestly like rewired our brains to want to move quickly. I even know that when I am on Instagram, I will a lot of times I'll just scroll past things without (laughs) even reading them. I'm like, I am taking the shortcut of the shortcut right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true. And I think that that you're right, that if we would just slow down, um, that maybe we could recover some of that delight. You know, I was reading Psalm chapter 63 and verses five and six says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate Mm. on you in the watches of the night. And you know, I have read that verse before and just longed for that kind of joy and satisfaction in the Mm. Lord. And that verse tells us what's missing. It happens when we remember God. It happens when we meditate on him. And I think that that is is worth at least trying it, (laughs) you know, like at least trying to make a habit of this and see what happens. And, you know, you were talking about taking every thought captive. And we talk a lot around here about preaching the gospel to ourselves. Yeah. We talked about this at length in episode seven and how it's so important for us to be preaching the truth of God's words to our hearts and our minds. Um, And we can't preach it to ourselves if we don't know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not going to naturally be there if we aren't meditating on it. Mm Right. So that exposure is important, but it also is important that that turns into this long term memory, that it turns into this thing that we purposefully think on or readily go to. Right. Yes. Readily go to. And I honestly believe that as we meditate on his word and as we preach it to ourselves as a result of that meditation, we're actually changing the way that our minds work. Mm -hmm. And in turn, we're changing the way that we live. Yeah. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, I feel like we've quoted this a lot, but it's such a good one. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so this transformation of our lives that we're commanded to have starts with our minds. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a renewal of our minds. And, you know, as I was reading this this verse again, I thought about some things that I had been hearing about and I was doing a little bit of light neuroscience reading. <laughs> you can call that light. <laughs> to be fair, I was reading, um, you know, articles that explained the complicated studies that I wouldn't understand all the terminology right. for. But <laughs> I was reading about something called neuroplasticity mm-hmm. and Stephanie, you with your science background can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but... I love that you looked into this. (laughs) Can you tell them a five? (laughs) Yeah. So neuroplasticity basically means that your brain is changeable, that um, the more that you focus your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors on something, 
the more it actually changes the neural pathways mm-hmm. in your brain. Yep. And so your mind is literally physically renewed when you focus on something repeatedly, when you repeat certain behaviors and thoughts and even feelings. And that's what we're doing with meditation. Um, and whatever neural pathways are the most worn down in your brain from use, right, using mm-hmm. them over and over and over again, those are going to be the ones that you default to mm-hmm. out of habit. Mm-hmm. So what I was reading said, basically, your brain is lazy and it's going to take the easiest path. So if you're like mm. hiking through the woods, if you're lazy, you're going to take the path that everybody else has walked down because it's been cleared mm-hmm. for you. right? It's easiest. And that's what our brains do. And what that means is that whatever we are repeatedly focusing our attention on, our thoughts on, our emotions on, Mm -hmm. that is where our mind is going to go to first. Yeah. And we do this. We do this all kinds of stuff. We worry about the same things over and over again. We think about the same mistakes over and over again. We yeah. think about those bad experiences. We think about how <laughs> I could have had that conversation differently. You know, you play things over and over mm-hmm. again in your head, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're a ball of anxiety because of it. <laughs> we do this anyway. But if we're going to do this, let's make it the truth. Yeah. Let's make the thing yeah. that our brain goes to automatically the truth of God's word. Right. All these other things that we tend to obsess about. What if our default in hard situations wasn't to think of everything that could go wrong or to think of shame that we have been forgiven? Mm -hmm. Um, What if our default wasn't to go to fear, but our default was to go to the faithfulness and comfort of God? Because that's what we have been meditating on. Mm. You know, I think that this is. One of the reasons why Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 8, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, Hmm. right? That actually literally changes our brains. It literally renews our minds. And let's renew our minds around the truth of God's word so that everything that we do can be directed toward that, shaped by that, and centered Mm -hmm. around that. Yeah. All of that is so fascinating. And while you were talking about neuroplasticity- You've probably heard about it, actually. Yeah. it. I actually, I've learned about it in school, but- It reminded me of a news article that I saw a few years ago, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it, but it just was a contrast between a CT scan of a healthy three-year-old's brain versus a three-year-old's brain that experienced um, extreme Mm. emotional neglect. And basically, the neglected toddler's brain was smaller because it atrophied, because Mm. those neural pathways of... um, just healthy emotion and hugs and kisses and all of those things, um, you know, were not activated. So it was not used. So it atrophied. Hmm. And, you know, so I think you're right. I think we want to actively choose God's word to kind of establish those neuro pathways in our brain to be, you Mm -hmm. know, the more dominant pathways that we um, fall back on in difficult situations or just even everyday conversations, right? We, we We want that to be what we readily go to, what kind of saturates our thinking, our speech, and all of that. Mm. But I also think it's important to say that meditating on God's word goes beyond the physical, which, Joy, and I know you would agree with me, um, because Mm -hmm. we believe that God's word can destroy strongholds in our lives because it's living and active in the very Mm -hmm. words of God. And 
positive self-talk can't do that. And I think that's important right. to say because I do believe positive mm -hmm. self-talk and secular meditation even can also contribute healthy neuropathways that may lead to um, a higher level of awareness or consciousness and maybe a temporary state of euphoria. I don't know, but mm -hmm. we can say that it doesn't lead to the fullness of joy, right? That is only right. found in the presence of Christ and, mm -hmm. you know, true transformation with eternal significance only happens when we encounter the grace of God in the gospel of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. So that's just a yeah. little caveat there that I wanted to throw oh, yeah. out. And I know you agree with me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's I think that's a really important caveat to say, because, you know, sometimes we can get temporary relief from those things. Yes. We can yeah. get temporary satisfaction, but the eternal things of God are the things that will not let us down, exactly. that will not fail yeah. us. And, you know, positive thinking can only take you so far when life around you is crumbling. Mm -hmm. And God's word is eternal. God's word stands through all of it. It is unchanging and God is unchanging. And right. the eternal God remains good and holy and faithful despite our circumstances and when our brains are wired to go towards him and his word our brains are wired toward eternal joy mm, and eternal yes. satisfaction yeah um yeah i just think that it is so incredible to look at science and see god's amazing design for us yes yeah. and that he has actually worked into the human brain and human body ways physically to bring about transformation and renewal. Mm -hmm. He does it physically and spiritually. I think that that is absolutely incredible. So yeah. I hope that we have convinced you that this is really important. I've kind of convinced <laughs> myself a little bit yeah. over the course of this. I've got a little bit of fire in my belly to go and start doing this a lot yeah. more intentionally. So let's get practical. Let's talk about how to do it. Um, the first thing that I would say is that I think that Biblical meditation works best when it's part of our normal Bible study. Mm -hmm. So we've said this with scripture memory, too, that it's best to memorize something you're already studying. Yeah. And I think the, yeah. the same is true um, when it comes to meditation, because you're yeah, already thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. You're already understanding the context. And so you can choose a verse or a concept even mm -hmm. from whatever passage of scripture you are studying that day or that week, however you want to break it up. But you can choose um, a smaller idea or a smaller verse from what you're studying to kind of get started. Yeah, I definitely do think that you can mix it up a little bit in terms of what passage or verse or phrase you choose to meditate on. And it's going to be subjective, right? Because you know, our lives are different. Our circumstances vary. But, you know, what we're choosing to meditate on is going to be objective, right? Because we said mm -hmm. biblical meditation is that singular focus that on God right. and his word. And, and that's the key here. And so, you know, maybe one week you want to meditate on a particular attribute of God. And another week, you want it to be a specific promise um, found in scripture. and Or another week, it could be a command. Um, mm -hmm. Or it could be that, you know, you were reading a passage and the Holy Spirit impressed something on your heart. 
And what we're basically trying to say is it's not really about abiding to a particular method of scripture meditation. Mm -hmm. It's more the principle of lingering and absorbing and delighting in God and in his word and allowing the gospel truth to really transform you. Yeah. And I think that it's good to mix it up, like you said, to do something different, because I think what we might tend to do is kind of go with that one of saying, whatever the Holy Spirit impresses on your heart, kind of like whatever sticks out to you, which Mm -hmm. can be great. But we also can sometimes tend to overlook things that maybe we really need to hear, like an area of conviction (laughs) or an attribute of God that we haven't thought through. So I think it's good to even be disciplined in choosing what to meditate on. Yes. And something that we have not seen as a reason to rejoice may become one um, Mm. in our meditation. That's good. Um, So some ways to meditate. Um, I would say one way to do it to make it happen time-wise is to designate a specific time in your normal Bible study time to focus on that verse. Mm -hmm. Um, Even say like, I'm going to take five or 10 minutes to focus on this concept or this verse um, just so that you can make sure that it actually happens. Like schedule it into your Bible study time and cut yourself off from reading so you can make that happen if you're kind of within a time constraint. Yeah. Donald Whitney actually says, read big meditate small and Mm, yeah read big could be three verses and meditate small could be like four you know words in that right in that passage and so for example you can it could be john 11 25 that says jesus said to her i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live so you can meditate on the phrase i am the resurrection and the life just that phrase yeah and Kind of a tip here is just to read that over and over again. And, you know, you Mm -hmm. might even find it helpful to emphasize different words in that single phrase, you know, as you read it repeatedly. And in doing so, you're just trying to understand the gloriously monumental truth that Jesus is the resurrection Mm. and the life. Yeah. You know, I have actually used that strategy of emphasizing different words. Mm -hmm. And I got that idea from Donald Whitney's book. And like, it is amazing because if you think about it, if you take I am the resurrection and the life, if you emphasize I, I am the resurrection and the Mm -hmm. life, you just begin to think there is nothing else that can bring resurrection. There is nothing else that can provide life. And you move on to say, I am the resurrection and the life. And I think about even all these times that I doubt that God can give me joy. That is who he is. That is what Christ is. And you you go through each of those words and you think about it. The, I am the resurrection and the life, the only one. I am the resurrection. And you you know what I mean? You just, you start to think about them in all the amazing ways. I would really highly suggest doing that. I was just driving in my car doing this one day and I thought, wow, this is really powerful. (laughs) Yes. And something that you would just skim over and say, yeah, "Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I know that. But you miss it um, if you don't stop. Mm -hmm. Another thing to do is to paraphrase. So when you read a verse, um, force yourself to write it in your own words. Mm -hmm. This is a great Bible study tool too, just in general, because it forces you to really think about the meaning of the verse. What is this saying? What is it communicating? If you can't paraphrase it, you might not have fully understood it. Mm -hmm. So it forces you to kind of keep going and think deeper. Mm -hmm. And it causes you, yeah, to think deeper and to pause to paraphrase it. That's something that I really need to discipline myself in doing because Mm -hmm. it takes time and effort, right? And (laughs) another kind of practical um, idea to meditate on scripture is scripture memorization. So actually the two are two separate 
spiritual disciplines, memorization and meditation are yeah. different, like separate but complementary. And scripture memorization is really powerful to use in scripture meditation, right? Because mm-hmm. once you memorize a verse, you can reflect on it throughout the yeah. day and you can think deeply about it, even if you're not sitting in front of your Bible. And right. and on the flip side, as you try to memorize a verse, you're engaging with the verse, reading mm-hmm. it over and over again. So your understanding of that verse is going to deepen. So they're separate, right. but they really go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that you can do is interact creatively with whatever you're meditating on. So going back to that idea of neuroplasticity, one thing that I read is that the more of your five senses that you can engage, Mm -hmm. the more likely it is and more quickly it will form those new neural pathways. Mm -hmm. So if you can engage that kinesthetic movement, um, maybe you like to do hand lettering Mm -hmm. or you like to paint um, or you like to draw. Maybe it's something else (laughs) um, entirely. But if you can... Take what you're meditating on and interact with it in some Mm -hmm. kind of creative, artistic outlet. That is a great way to be pondering on that, meditating on that, Mm -hmm. even as you are expressing that creatively. Yeah. I guess that's why song is powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm so quick to often like dismiss that creativity part as kind of being a bit frivolous. But I love that, that engaging our senses can lay down those um, pathways and just really kind Mm -hmm. of help us develop those habits of um, meditating, going deeper, pausing. And yeah, so you know what? If Bible journaling is your thing, like go for it. Um, Another thing is traditional journaling. Um, I like the Be Still journals from the Daily Grace Co. It's one of my favorite products. And I love it because... It allows me to kind of journal my reflections. It slows me down, (laughs) helps Mm -hmm. me engage deeper um, on a passage of scripture, and it prompts me to question the text and and slow down enough to write it. And I think it's a really, really practical way to meditate on scripture. Yeah. And you can even just choose, like we said, that one verse or that Mm -hmm. one idea and have a whole section of your journaling where you're just talking about that, Mm -hmm. where you're thinking about that and its implications and how that should change you. Um, Another thing that I feel like we probably should have said this first, but pray and ask God to apply it to your heart and give you practical ways to implement that Mm -hmm. idea, that verse, whatever it is you're meditating on. Because like we said earlier, one of the main goals of meditation is application of scripture. And so pray and ask God to show you how this should change you and write down some practical action steps. How can you move forward toward change today or this week? What are some simple steps that you can take? I love that advice because so often I can read a passage of scripture, like not even expecting to apply it to my life, um, but going kind of with that expectation that, hey, I'm going to you know, get up from my time with God's word with these practical action steps in mind. And Mm so something that I have recently done actually is right in the front of my Bible, just some additional questions to ask myself whenever I'm engaging with a particular text. And so some of these questions are, how does this passage change the way I relate to people? And Mm -hmm. what does this passage ask of me? And, you know, I add these kind of very practical questions to the list of my regular questions that I normally ask when approaching scripture. Like, what does this passage tell me about God? What does it tell me about myself? But adding those um, 
you know, is this passage commanding something of me? Um, yeah. Is there a sin that I need to repent of? Like asking those very practical questions helps you um, have practical action steps moving forward. Mm. And about yeah. prayer, I've also found that praying the actual scripture is super powerful and I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Mm -hmm. And I read another Donald Whitney book that was really helpful a little while ago. I know. So good. (laughs) (laughs) But this book is called Praying the Bible. It's a really easy read, really fast. Mm. I highly recommend it. But really, he talks about how praying the passage is really powerful because we're inviting the Holy Spirit to illuminate the word to us. And, you know, we're asking him to open our eyes to see truth and to understand. And I think we can often get into the idea of thinking that prayer is personal and it is, but that doesn't mean you have to use your own words. Like you Mm -hmm. are free and invited to use scripture and Say those prayers back to him. And the Psalms is a great place. Those were like meant to be prayed and sung back to the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think of John 14, 26, where Jesus says, The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so praying Mm -hmm. scripture reminds us that Christian meditation is something we do in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Like he brings us insight and understanding and so and transformation and sanctification yeah i love that and that really is one of the beautiful things about scripture meditation is that not only can we meditate through prayer but scripture meditation actually overflows naturally into prayer Mm -hmm. Um, i love this quote from thomas manton he was a puritan and it says what we take in by the word we digest by meditation and let out by prayer. Hmm. Um, and I think that most of us, I would probably say all of us, but you know, don't want to speak for everybody. Most of us have struggled with prayer feeling impersonal or unnatural at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think we kind of look for answers like, am I not praying right? How do I do this? Maybe the answer to a stale prayer life is not trying harder but immersing ourselves in scripture and meditating on it so that we just overflow Mm -hmm. with these prayers of gratitude for Mm -hmm. who God is, prayers of desperation for help to follow the commands that we've been meditating on in scripture, that Mm -hmm. this would be a natural outpouring of what we have seen and delighted in in God's word. Yeah, I do believe that scripture meditation will overflow just even into our everyday conversations, right? Because Mm -hmm. if it's something you delight in, you're going to want to talk about it. It's it's just really permeating your your thoughts and everything. So it is going to overflow in our prayers. And so one other kind of practical way to kind of just encourage this kind of meditation is also to have tangible reminders that kind of go with you throughout the day. And so mm-hmm. I think of the verse cards from the Daily Grace Co. as really helpful yeah. tools to do this. And they even have attributes of God cards that I really love. Mm-hmm. And I love those too. The yeah, they're so beautiful. <laughs> but they can just kind of redirect your mind like to linger on those truths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I recently saw someone put, you know, a stack of verses printed on thin pieces of paper on their keychain. So that could be an option or a lock screen on your phone. Like we can get Mm -hmm. really creative with this, but just having that intentionality to 
you know, sur- think about our surroundings and see where we can put scripture where it's mm-hmm. going to kind of be those reminders to think about it and to meditate on it. Yeah. Those attributes of God cards are some of my favorites. And the little matching kid one- kids ones are adorable, too. <laughs> they are. Um, another thing that I would say, and you kind of briefly mentioned this before, Stephanie, is listen to music on the subject or in the scripture passage that you're meditating on. Um, again, this is bringing in another one of your senses. And I think this can be really powerful. I know that I have heard songs over and over again and loved them and sang them. And then I meditate on something in scripture that that topic comes up in that song. And mm-hmm. suddenly that song has so much more meaning. Yeah. And I like have a new love for it. Mm-hmm. There is so much good music out there that is just saturated in biblical truth Mm -hmm. um, that you can go to as you're meditating on something, you could probably find a song (laughs) that goes along with it um, that can really help you there. Yeah, that's really true. Um, We just have to be intentional in finding it and kind of choosing to immerse ourselves in those kinds of things. And I guess this kind of one final It's more of an encouragement, I guess, is just to start the practice of looking for God all around you in your everyday life. So say Mm -hmm. you're meditating on an attribute of God, like really strive to identify that attribute in your everyday. And so this could be in nature, maybe it's in your children or in another image bearer. I mean, just trying to make those connections. And, you know, I think this happens more easily the more we meditate on scripture, right? Because our thought processes are more colored with scripture, kind of like the neural pathways you talked about, Joanna. But Mm -hmm. I think it can definitely be something we strive to do from the very beginning. It might not be as natural, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a good intention to have. Yeah. You know, this is actually something that I have been encouraged to do through Instagram. We're not all against social media, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I have been really amazed reading some posts by some wonderful Christian women who see the things around them. They see their everyday, their mundane, and they see the character of God woven into it. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's Abigail Dodds with sourdough bread or it's um, Ruth Ruth Simons (laughs) with... Everything, right? <laughs> Literally everything. I thought of her too. You know, um, drives in the mountains or watching her kids play or whatever it may be, or countless, countless others. I've seen posts about seeing God in the wildflowers. I've seen posts about all of these different things. And it really does encourage me to open my eyes mm-hmm. and see God's creation for what it was meant to do. And that's to point me back to him and who he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just some practical ways to implement scripture meditation. It's not exhaustive. Um, there are so many ways that this can be done. And, you know, we mentioned some of the reasons why we should practice scripture meditation and there are so many benefits, you know, like we said, it literally changes our brains, which in turn changes our thinking, our outlook on life and the way that we respond to everything and everyone (laughs) that comes our way. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that it honestly increases our love for God as we actually learn to love him, not just with our minds, but also with our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, It allows us to apply scripture to our lives, to move from that step of hearing to that step of doing. Mm -hmm. And it overflows into a more robust and rewarding and 
sweet prayer life. Yeah. So I wanted to mention this one more thing about Donald Whitney because he sums up the purpose of all spiritual disciplines in one word, and Mm. it's godliness. Mm. And so I would really say that the overarching benefit of scripture meditation is our sanctification. It's our growth in Christ's likeness. It's our personal Mm -hmm. holiness. And that affects everything else, right? Like our relationship Mm -hmm. with others, our desires, our ability to be content, to experience joy, to have self-control, even our ability to persevere and faithfully run our race. And so the benefits are endless and really just a sweet foretaste of heaven. And I hope that you guys caught that in our conversation Mm. today. I'm sold. I'm ready. Let's do it. Me too. Well, I don't know about you, Stephanie, but I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I got a little bit more passionate tonight than I have in previous episodes. And I was not expecting all this. So (laughs) I hope that I hope that you all listening felt it, that you felt the passion behind this um, and just the stirring of the Holy Spirit to meditate Mm -hmm. on God and to know him more and to delight in him more. Um, and to pursue godliness, like you said, Stephanie. So we just want to thank you all so, so much for listening in. Um, We so enjoy having these conversations with you. And we've really been enjoying reading all the reviews that you all have been leaving on iTunes. Mm -hmm. They mean so, so much to us. And so if you haven't had a chance to do that, we would love to hear from you. Just take about a minute to leave us a review on iTunes. It's an encouragement to our hearts, and it also helps other women be able to find this show. So thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to talk to you once again next Tuesday. 